This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. We'll get you some laughs the half hour when George Burns and Gracie Allen come by with the story of Grandpa's 92nd birthday. But first, some chills from the program Lights Out. This episode, entitled, They Met at Dorset. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out. Everybody. stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly, but sincerely, to turn off your radio now. This is Arch Obler. Tonight we tell you a story about two gentlemen, no, uh, two men, of the German army, the Nazi army. The scene is a bombing plane flying over England. But and now? Lights out. Everybody. You are ready? Fertig, Herr Hauptmann. No, speak English now. We are almost there. And remember, from the moment your feet touch that blasted English soil, only English. Yes, Captain. Now, check your equipment. Parachute, rucksack, gun. All in order, sir. We should be there in a few moments. Now, remember, if for any reason I do not get to our point of rendezvous, or if I'm not there when you get there, you are to wait two hours and then go on alone to Melford and carry out our orders. Understood? Yes, Captain. Pilot! Go ahead, Hauptmann. Wir sind da? Go. Bomb hatch is open. It's time to go. Oh, uh, one thing more, Lieutenant. Yes, Captain? I uh, was ordered to tell you this just before we jump. If you are successful in your part of this mission, the General wishes me to inform you that the Führer himself will reward you. Now jump. Heil Hitler. Heil Hitler. Pilot, I'm going. Please, Luke Hartmann. Danke. Heil Hitler. 
er mere kaldtist. Huh! Oh, Captain. You all right, sir? Not Captain, you fool. The name is Edward. Yours is Thomas. Understood? Yes, Edward. <coughs> oh, you are hurt, sir. My foot twisted when I landed. Oh, perhaps you had better Are sit... you going to tell me what to do? Oh, no, sir. Give me your arm. Yes, sir. Oh? Uh, yes, Edward. Half a kilometer down the road is the house. In the morning, Bearcroft will meet us there. But your foot, My sir. foot will be all right. Infernal English climate. Faster, my dear uh, Thomas. The Englishmen have work to do. Uh, you see, my dear Thomas, you should never doubt what intelligence gives you. Ten, eleven, twelve steps. So, now's the key. You have not lost the key? Oh, no, sir. I have it here. Get the door open. Infernal rain. Huh? Open it. It is stuck, sir. Uh, here, let me. What's the matter with you? It is open. In, quickly. Uh, now we can turn on our lights. British. How well they built the old piles of masonry. Come. We will build a fire and make ourselves quite comfortable until Berkhoff arrives in the morning. Yes, Edward. There is no longer any danger of our being observed. Yes, Captain. Captain. What? I thought I heard... You heard what? Laughter. <laughs> Infernal flashlight. Give me yours. Yes, Captain. Now, walk on. This house is empty for years. You should know by now that our military intelligence makes no mistakes. Yes, Captain. <laughs> Captain. I heard. <laughs> Door to the right. Remember your orders, Thomas. Yes, Edward. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Won't you come in by the fire? Uh, yes, thank you. Come, Thomas. My name is Burley. Uh, I am Edward Cooper. My friend Thomas Davies and I got lost in the rain. Uh, we thought this house was quite deserted. <laughs> deserted? Not for 500 years. Well, may I present Lady Burley? How do you do? How do you do? My great aunt, Mrs. Westland. How, How do, you do you do? Now, William, they can meet the rest of the family later. Someone give them a drink. They're soaked to the skin. Here you are, gentlemen. Oh, yes, gentlemen. My son-in-law, John Pearson. How do you do? How do you do? do, you do? do. Drink them while they're hot, gentlemen. Thank you. Really, you gentlemen should get out of your wet things. Would you like to go up there? Uh, no, no, thank you. We're quite all right. But confused. Confused? Yes. Uh, Mr. Davies and I were told on good authority that this property hadn't been occupied for the past 25 years. My dear man, where do you think you are? Melford Towers. Good heavens, young man, you are lost. You certainly are. Milford Towers, that's two miles north of here. You're at Dorset Manor. Just took the wrong turn somewhere. Milford Towers, Mr. Carver. Uh, Cooper. Uh, Mr. Cooper, why in the world were you going to Milford Towers on a night like this? Please forgive our inquisitiveness, Mr. Cooper, but after all, Milford Towers is quite deserted, you know. Yes, we know. Uh, what do you mean, sir? Oh, uh, Mr. Davies here and I started quite early. Lost ourselves completely. Got dark, and uh, well, here we are. Oh, yes. Uh, John. Yes, Sir William. Ring up the constable. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, wait a minute. 
Why the constable? Well, it's quite obvious. Is it? Of course. Uh, ring up the constable, John. No, put up your hands, all of you. Oh, I say no. Oh, what is he going to do with the gun? What is he going to do with the gun? Take that old woman to keep quiet. Hans. Old woman. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Shantz, Neyman. The Mutton's Hilton. I said to keep your hands up. German William. German spies. Not spies, old woman. German soldiers. You're in civilian clothing. German soldiers, Englishmen. Soldiers. Soldiers to rescue a soldier. William, what are they talking about? How long did you think we would permit you to keep our great Rudolf Hess in prison? Malhoff! Rudolf Hess! What are you? Shut your mouth! How dare you? You two! No, no, here. Now quiet, all of you. Nimsy and Exton, Simmer and Schweitzy. Alle? Alle. Quickly. Go. All of you. Do as he says. Or do you want me to shoot? The next room, quickly. Well, well, where is he taking him? I know. Well, Lieutenant, we are all dead here, Captain. No more wood. The room is warm enough. Yes, Captain. Oh. Now then, where was I? Oh, yes. Bearcorp will bring an automobile. We will then proceed to this point on a the map. There are a few hand grenades in the right place, and her Hess will be with us. Then we will... Lieutenant, didn't I just tell you no more wood on the fire? It's warm enough. Yes, Captain. Oh. Is it still raining out there? Oh, yes, Captain. Uh, infernal climate. Yes, Captain. Yet, the weather is fortunate. Who will come here on a night such as this? Uh Yes, Captain. Uh, No matter. As soon as it is daylight, we will go. Seven in the morning, Berkhoff will be there. We'll meet him. Yes, Captain. Yes, Captain. Yes, Captain. Does none of this mean anything to you? No. No, never mind. You're a good soldier. You believe. You obey. Always, Herr Captain. I, too. So we will win. Always. Yes, Captain. It will be most satisfactory, eh, Lieutenant? To tell about this little adventure when we get home. To come right in under the noses of the British and... What are you listening to? I... I don't know, sir. There's nothing. Leave a God, man. Why do you stand there with your head twisted like an old woman waiting for... I heard... Be still. In the next room. Who? We will find out. And you told me there was no one left. There was no one. Come. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Won't you come in by the fire? They all of them. Uh, my name is Burley. May I present Lady Burley? How do you do? Shot them. You said you shot them. Uh, my great aunt, Mrs. Weston. How do you do? Now, William, they can meet the rest of the family later. Someone give them a drink. They're soaked to the skin. I did kill them. You dirty liar. Here you are, gentlemen. Your drink. No! You blasted Englanders. What is this trick? Oh, yes, gentlemen. My son-in-law, John Pierce. Stop talking. This time you will die. What? Could you tell me the time, please? Uh, Twelve minutes after three. 
Why? How soon will we go? In the morning, in the morning. You want to get lost again in that infernal woods? No, Captain. What is the matter with you? Nothing, sir. No, I understand. Your dereliction of duty. You think I will report? No. Help me carry out our orders tomorrow. And the fact that you did not shoot those Englanders as I ordered will never reach the ears of Berlin. Anyway, they are dead now. You know that. I know that. It is ended. (laughs) Okay. It is they. No, I shot them myself. I saw the bodies fall. It is they. No, it isn't. It cannot be. I'll show you. I'll show you. You see, they are dead. Won't you come in by the fire? Ladies and gentlemen, a moment of relaxation, if you please, in this story of death while we all assure ourselves that we are who we are and where we are. And in this moment of reality, let's listen in on a very real problem of these war days. A woman is saying... Of course I want to keep up my war work. Every American does. Oh, but I'm afraid it's too much for me. I'm losing weight. I wake up mornings as tired as when I went to bed. I can't eat or sleep as I should. I'm I'm so all in, I can't go on. But, madam, perhaps you don't have to go on like that. Maybe all you need is more vitamin B and iron. Well, how, how could that be? Authorities explain it this way. When you don't get enough vitamin B from your meals, you may have lost your appetite, not eat all you need. So you lose weight, lose your pep and ambition. Or your food may not do you the good it should. And when you don't get enough iron from what you eat, you may be weak and pale, feel only half alive. But if that's your deficiency, my advice is try ironized yeast tablets. Ironized yeast tablets. Yes, ma'am. They give you both vitamin B and iron. So when you need them, ironized yeast helps two ways to step up your weight and strength and energy. Yet the cost is but a few pennies a day. And talk about easy. Why, pleasant little ironized yeast tablets are an absolute cinch to take. Try them. If more vitamin B and iron is all you need. Then see if pretty quick you aren't saying... It's glorious to feel so good. I've forgotten what tired means. Everybody says I look wonderful, too, since I've gained these nice pounds. How thankful I am for ironized yeast tablets. And now back to Lights Out. The Nazi soldiers sit in the house of the family they have murdered. Lieutenant. Hans. Lieutenant, I'm talking to you. Hours you sit. Last you say something. I order you to say something. I, I have nothing to say, sir. Well, you can speak. You infernal fool, you. Why are you so afraid? You have your gun, your hand grenades, a knife. Why be afraid? Stop turning your head that way. Listen to me. There's nothing to listen to out there. There's nothing out there. Nothing, nothing. If they... They will do nothing. They are dead. Do you want to go into that room and see that they are dead? They are dead. No. Why should I have to convince you? 
three times? How often must I tell you? I saw that same thing happen in a campaign in Poland. Poland? Why do you hold on to my words? Yes, in Poland. The first campaign, there were snipers in the village. They wiped out everyone, men, women, children. But the next morning, the vermin were there again. Uh -huh. We thought they were there. I didn't see them. Others did and went running through the streets throwing hand grenades. There was an explanation, of course. There is an explanation for everything. The men who saw, who thought they saw, were tired. Their eyes played tricks. I heard the doctors in my division talking. They said it was tricks of the mind. Those people are dead. They must be dead. You... You too are afraid. Blasted insubordinate idiot. How dare you? I'm not afraid. I'm afraid of nothing. If, if they would only come. I believe in the Fuhrer and his destiny. I can never be afraid. If, if they laugh again. Stop talking. I order it. They will not. <laughs> My infernal leg. Swollen. Lieutenant, listen. To what? Not to anything. To me. Oh. Go in the next room. Look. Look. You questioned an order? You said they were dead this time. Why look it? I order you to go. Do not just sit there. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me. I'm, I'm thinking that, that maybe this is what I've always been afraid of. In Czechoslovakia, in Holland, in Belgium, in, in France... This is what I always was afraid of. Uh, what? That someday I would wait for them. Them? I commanded a firing squad in Slovakia. We shot women. What's that got to do with this? In Belgium, too. Women. What are you talking about? In Poland, the, the tank I was in was covered with the blood of the children and women. You blasted fool. You are a soldier of the greater German Reich. I think to myself, why don't I just leave you here and run? You would not dare. I think to myself, what is the use? Sooner or later, they will come for me. Who? Who will come for you? The dead. Shut your mouth! The dead are dead. We exterminate the vermin for the glory of the greater Reich. I always suspected you, Hans Miller, you weak-minded fool. I explained everything to you. Hallucination, always hallucination. I, I know what I will do. What? If they laugh again, I know what I will do. Yeah, yeah. Grenade. What are you going to do with that hand grenade? I hold it. Take your fingers off the firing pin. No. I order you. No. I am your superior officer. Put that grenade down. No. You maniac. What are you going to do? And wait. For what? If they laugh again, we were wrong. You and I. You and I in the field. How dare you? All wrong. And I will pull out the firing pin and we will die. Put down the grenade. If we were wrong, I would rather finish it here. Now. Than wait again. Are you crazy? No. That gun, put it down or I will pull the pin. All right, all right. I'll leave you here. I will go. My leg. You see, you will stay with me and wait. Hans, in the Pharaoh's name, be careful. 
that firing pin is loose if you pull it. Do not be afraid. If they do not laugh again until it is dawn, I will believe what you said. That it was hallucination. Yes, yes, it was a hallucination. If they do not laugh again and it is day again, I will believe. If they do not laugh again. Sleep, sir. With you sitting there, grenade in your hand. Hans, listen to me. It is almost done. Not yet. It is almost done. And nothing has happened. They are dead. So put down that grenade. Get our things together. Help me, and we will go on to Melford. And meet Berghoff. When it is dawn. But in a few moments it will be day. I know it. Then wait for those minutes. If they do not laugh again, I will believe. And we will live. They will not laugh again. Never. Look. <gasps> on the wall. Light. The sun. Day. Not quite. I was right. And the fear. Right. No one can stop us. We are the chosen. Put down that grenade, Hansen. Listen. <gasps> Listen. To what? To what? I, I thought that I heard. <laughs> they again. No. They again. Hans, don't put that ring. Hans, for God's sake. God. You said God. Listen. Listen to them. God sent them back. No, it is not them. Hans, put down the grenade. They, the dead, come back to repay us for what we've done. No, don't pull the trigger and stop them. Wait, I'll prove it, I'll prove it. Oh, my leg. But I will get up. Wait, Hans, I'll open the door. I'll show you they are dead. Someone else in there. I'll show you, show you. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Won't you come in by the fire? <laughs> you see, it is the dead! You were wrong! No, the grenade don't hunch! No! Morning, Harold. Lovely morning. Aye. Certainly rained last night. And that thunder. What brings you out so early, Harold? Oh, me old woman told me she had an explosion or something just at daybreak, so I come over. Explosion? Aye. <laughs> uh, she must have dreamt it. Birds singing in the morning. No explosion here. Aye. <sighs> But I do wish they'd tear down these old ruins. It does no good leaving them stand there to remind us that Sir William and all his family were killed by a German air bomb three years ago. Yeah, three years ago last night. 
Mr. Obler, Mr. Obler. Miracle? And what's wrong with miracles? Everything around us is a miracle, but more of that in a moment. And let me take the moment to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, if due to vitamin B and iron shortage, you're so miserably thin and run down, so weak and pale and exhausted that you're missing out on your work and in your fun, try ironized yeast tablets. Thousands who only needed more vitamin B and iron. Thank ironized yeast tablets for helping them gain glorious new pep and strength. And five, ten, even more pounds of good new flesh, often in a few short weeks. Ironized yeast is sold on this no-risk, money-back basis. If you don't quickly begin to eat and sleep better, to feel much stronger, peppier, and more alive, if, in short, you're not 100% pleased with the result, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rawway, New Jersey. Just be sure you get the genuine, the one and only, Ironized Yeast. Look for the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. And now, what about miracles, Miss Robler? Well, let's consider a few. The air we breathe, that miracle of nothingness that gives us life. There's a miracle of intelligence that we think a thing and then bring our thought to reality. The ability to think and in one's own mind be any place in the world in a split second, conjure up people, ideas, yes, all these things are miracles. Everything in life, including life itself, is a miracle. That, my friends, was... Literally, what was said a long time ago on the subject by a man by the name of Napoleon. Well, I'm beginning to see what you mean. Now, Frank, to bring our miracles down to the present, how about the spirit of a people? Twenty-some-odd miles of channel water between them and the Nazi barbarians? A single night in which an area as large as the average American large town was ablaze with incendiary bombs, and yet those people won through to lead the fight. Or take the miracle of those three American boys in a float in mid-Pacific a raft, or, or the miracle of Stalingrad, or, or the miracle of an entire nation turning from a soft, easy way of life to an all-out production for war and victory. We, all of us, are living hourly in a series of miracles. When the final victory comes, well, we can all look forward to that, that greater miracle of a world of free men working together for the good of all men. Now, it may seem a, a far cry from the miracle of heroism to talking about that war stamp book of yours, but there's another little miracle. Eight twenty-five cent stamps, eight hand grenades. Six twenty-five cent stamps, one winter combat helmet. Thirty ten cent stamps, a pair of jungle fighting boots. An anti-tank mine for fifteen fifty cent stamps. A commando trench knife for forty ten cent stamps. Now, in addition to putting your dollars in the fighting lines to the payroll savings plan, you can get at the access with your spare coins by buying war stamps. Every empty space you fill in with your stamp album adds to the rain of steel going into the camps of the enemy. Every time you fill your album and turn it in for a bomb, well, you turn it into a bomb. You turn the rain of steel into a hurricane. Your way to do more to help beat the Axis is by buying enough stamps to fill the empty spaces in your stamp book. Then turn it in for a war bond. You can buy those stamps at your bank, your post office, your saving and loan association, your radio station, your picture show, your department store, your general store. It will bring on that in final, inevitable miracle of peace. And what about next week? Well, it's a story set a long way from here, the sea-swept island of Iran. Iran? Where's that? Well, that's in the North Sea. It's one of the weirdest places in the world, Frank, and the natives live as close to death as they are to the sea, which never stops tearing at the cliffs. Oddly enough, the story is titled The Sea. And if you like the chill of the unknown as much as I think you do, tune in next week.
Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story, The Sea. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast, the one and only Ironized Yeast, with the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. It is later than you Stay tuned for George Burns and Gracie Allen next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for George Burns and Gracie Allen. From Hollywood, the George Burns and Gracie Allen show for Hormel and Spam. Allen Knight at your house, another gay show and a swell suggestion for an easy summer supper that will give your family or guests plenty to eat. Get a can of Spam, S-P-A-M. Spam is tender, juicy, delicious meat, all ready to eat the minute you zip open the can. Slice this grand-tasting meat and serve with a mound of potato salad nestled in crisp, chilled lettuce, tomato stuffed with cottage cheese, or with a cool vegetable salad. It's hearty enough to please the huskiest he-man appetite. And Spam saves kitchen time. No fuss, no bother. Ask your food dealer for Spam tomorrow. Then surprise your family with taste-tempting Spam and salad. And try the other easy recipes on the label. You'll find you can fry Spam, dice it, slice it, bake it. Because cold or hot, Spam hits the spot. And here are those two delightful people, the stars of our show, George and Gracie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Gracie, what did you do yesterday? I went to Catalina. Oh, did you? Did you go alone? Well, naturally. Well, that's fine. But can I have my compact back? It's in your pocket. (laughs) Oh, so you were there alone. Well, here, Gracie, which one is yours? Oh. <laughs> Finally got ourselves a romantic kid on the show. Oh, he's a regular Cavanova. <laughs> you mean Casanova? George, when I kiss him, they're Cavanova. <laughs> oh, yes, Cavanova. Get it? Yeah, this is my smart week this week. <laughs> oh, say, George. <laughs> George, would you come here a moment, please? Oh, gladly, Buck. Say, gladly. George, um, I'd like to work with Gracie. It looks so easy. It does, huh? Would you like to try it? Would I? Oh, boy. Well, how do I start? Well, all you've got to do is walk up to Gracie and say, how is your brother? Then she talks for about five years. <laughs> all I say is, how is your brother? Yes, but, but I've got a little tea, a tea out for you. Yeah? 
in case you get in trouble and there is a slight possibility, yeah. just sing Nola. Nola? Yeah, you know, deadly Oh, well, then I start by saying, Gracie, how's your brother? Go right ahead. Okay. I'll be standing right here. <laughs> uh, Make it nice and easy, Bob. Yeah. Uh, Gracie? Yeah? Gracie, how's your brother? Oh, the most terrible thing happened last night. Yeah? We were awakened in the middle of the night, and there was my brother sitting up in bed, and his eyes were sticking out of his head. His eyes were sticking out of his head? Well, yeah. What did you do? What did we do? We sent for a doctor, of course. Well, what did the doctor do? Well, he took Ann Sheridan's picture off the wall, and we all went back to sleep again. Gracie, where is your brother now? Oh, he's in the east. He went to see that prize fighter, you know, the one who fights without any clothes on. There's a prize fighter who fights without any clothes on? Yeah, that's what my brother said in his letter. Just saw Galento fight there. Well, Gracie, uh, uh, Gracie, what does your brother do for a living? Oh, he's very well fed. Oh, yes. He has two cars. Lots of clothes, and he goes to Palm Springs for the winter and Lake Arrowhead for the summer. Well, what does he do for a living? Oh, he's a son-in-law. Gracie, what did your brother do before that? Oh, he was married before, you know. He's the one who was a knife thrower in vaudeville, and his wife was his assistant. Oh, he used to throw knives at his wife. Uh-huh. But one day before he went on the stage, he had a little too much to drink. Well, what happened? Oh, he got married again. <laughs> well, Gracie, your brother, he sounds like quite a character. Oh, he is. Uh-huh. You know, when he was a little boy, he played a trick on my father. He switched a hot and cold faucet in the bathtub. Was your father angry? No, but he will be when he finds out. Gracie, is that the brother with the scar on his neck? Oh, yes, the appendicitis scar. Appendicitis scar? Appendicitis is way down on the side of the stomach, Yeah, I know, but he was so ticklish. They had up right up here, yes. I thought so. Bud, are you happy? No. I thought so. Well, 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 here are the smoothies. Hello, Spam. Well, it's... Very pretty. Oh, but beautiful. Yes, it's really something. <laughs> uh, smoothies, can't you say anything without sa- swinging like that? Surely, George. Anyone can do it. Nothing to it. Bam, jam, high, diddle, did. Now we're driving told, take it, kid. Yeah. Oh, stop. Stop with that. Take it. I used to be a dancer, and every time I had take it, kid, I'd go right into my dance. Oh, sure. You know, George used to dance for a living. Did he make much money? Ten cents a dance. <laughs> I used to wear a bathing suit. I was dancing with tears in my eyes. Oh. Well, never mind, never mind. Now the smoothies are going to sing the woodpecker song. Just a minute, smoothie. Come in. This is what I do for a living. Hello, everybody. Oh, hello, Bubbles. Say, uh, sound man, stop slamming the doors. You're going to break down the whole building. I know you're a very intellectual fella because you told me last week you went four years to Harvard. And if you think that being a sound man is beneath your dignity, why don't you go back to your family? Mr. Burns, <laughs> I have two brothers. When my older brother graduated from Harvard, the dean told him he'd become a great scientist. He later won the Nobel Prize. I see. When my other brother graduated from Harvard, the dean told him he'd be a great playwright. He later won the Pulitzer Prize. That's true. When I graduated from Harvard, the dean said that I showed more promise than both my brothers put together. 
That was ten years ago. This is what I do for a living. <laughs> Say, sound man, I am r- really feel sorry for you, but don't give up. After all, someday you may be like me. George, don't discourage him. <laughs> don't think I've got any talent, huh? Bubbles, what do you want? Well, Gracie, you know, today is your grandfather's birthday. He's 92 years old. Yeah, I know. I got him a gift order. You did? Mm-hmm. What is the gift? Two lessons from Madame Lazanga. <laughs> it's six lessons from Madame Lazanga. Oh, he'll never last that long. <laughs> well, I know your grandfather, neither will Madame Lazanga. Well, anyway, Gracie, tonight we're giving him that surprise party. And in order to get him out of the house, I had a promise to take him down to Earl Carroll's vanity. Well, did you take him there? No, I took him up to Mount Wilson Observatory, and he spent two hours looking through their giant telescope. What about Earl Carroll's vanity? Well, what do you think he was looking at? <laughs> Where, uh, where's the kid now? He's downstairs in the car. Oh, well, send him up, and we'll keep him here until the party tonight. All right, goodbye. Four years and how quiet, quiet. Oh, now listen, everybody. After the show, you're all invited to my grandpa's surprise party. Oh, oh we're going to have more fun. And there's going to be a big cake with six candles on it. And... Six candles? Uh-huh. Your grandfather is 92 years old. Yeah, but the cake is only six. Oh, I see. It's the cake's birthday, too. Smooth, we're waiting. Morning bright and early, you wake up all the neighborhood. You bring to every boy and girlie his happy serenade on wood. Give him picking at a melody, peck peck pecking at the same old tree. He's as happy as a bumblebee all day long. You serenade your lady. Just find a tree that's shady. And when you hear that tick, 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 sing right along. Come on and try his rhythm. And let your heart beat willow. Just listen to that tick, 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 happy little woodpecker song. Listen. Peck, 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 peck. All together, let your heart beat in rhythm. Choose the woodpecker song. It's a beast born bright and early. You wake up all the neighborhood. Sing with a boy and girly. His happy serenade on wood. Picking out a melody. Pegging up the same old tree. Happy as a bumblebee all day long. To serenade your lady Just find a tree that's shady And when you hear that tick 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 Sing along Come on and try his rhythm And let your heart beat with him And when you hear that tick 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 Happy little woodpecker song Kids, that was really a grand number. 
You liked it, George. We're glad you did. But now's your chance, so take it, kid. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, now, wait a minute. Stop with that take it, kid. You know, I can't keep my feet up. But it does bring back memories of Orville. I can see my billing right now in front of the theater. George Burns and Gurley. Uh, fantastic steppers. What a vehicle. <laughs> Remember, Gracie, how I used to jump four feet in the air and click my heels? Oh, yeah. And Variety said that was the only thing in the act that clicked. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Burns and Gurley was the name of the dancing act. Who was Gurley? May Robeson. All right, all right, all right, Gracie. So we're all invited to your grandfather's 92nd birthday party tonight, huh? Oh, George, please. Don't ever let my grandpa hear you say he's 92. Why not? Well, he goes around telling everybody he's only 90. <laughs> Gracie, remember my birthday party last year? Oh, sure. Remember the birthday cake? Yeah, with 30 candles on it. Oh, there were a few more than that. Not on the piece I had. <laughs> Oh, da, 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 da. Say, George, uh, yes. I don't know about your age, but you certainly know how to wear clothes. Oh, thanks. That blue suit with that red tie certainly is a swell combination. Oh, thanks, bud. It's like Spam with chili sauce. Oh, thanks. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I've listened to you on the radio month in and month out, and you're really great all year round. Oh, thanks, bud. Uh, like Spam, it keeps so well. Doesn't yes. need any refrigeration. <laughs> thanks, bud. At a dinner table, there's nothing more beautiful. What coloring? How enticing and so pretty. Oh, thanks, bud. <laughs> I don't mean you. Oh, oh, I know you mean Spam. No, I mean Hetty Lamar. Oh. <laughs> well, of course, that's a swell dish, too. <laughs> I'm crazy about Spam. Oh, Bud. Say, Bud. What is it, Gracie? Give George back his compact. <laughs> oh, quiet, quiet. Which one is yours, oh, George? quiet. Hello? Just a minute. Gracie, it's for you. Uh, hello? This is Gracie Allen, Sam's Meat Heart speaking. Oh, Meat Heart. That is sweet. <laughs> oh, hello, Bessie. How are the preparations for Grandpa's surprise party coming along? What? You burned the rice pudding? Oh, there's nothing to be worried about? You put unguentine on it? <laughs> I don't want to help there. Oh, what? Oh, uh, don't worry. When Grandpa arrives, we'll keep him here. Now, I can't hear you, Bessie. Talk into the mouthpiece. What? You took the mouthpiece off the phone? Oh, you're using it as a cookie cutter for cupcakes. Oh. <laughs> what? Well, why can't you hear me? Well, hold the receiver closer to your ear. Oh, you're mashing potatoes with it. Sure to be some party, boy. Say, Bessie, what are you using for a centerpiece on the table? What? Swiss cheese? Swiss cheese? I ought to make a beautiful centerpiece. Oh, sure. She puts the flowers in the little hole. Oh, very nice arrangement. Yes. yes. What, Bessie? You only have a dozen doilies? Oh, that'll never be enough. I can eat that many myself. Oh, yes. <laughs> They're delicious with paper napkins. Say, Bessie. Bessie, what about the boiled up? How's it coming along? What? You can't keep any water in the pot? Why not? Oh, the duck keeps drinking it. You mean, you mean the duck is living? If you call that living. Well, let's break this up. This is... Well, Artie, Artie Shaw, what are you going to play tonight? Well, George, we've got a new and little different arrangement of April showers. Ay, maestro, mejor no vamos. No me gusta ese número. Tocamos otro. Okay, okay, señor Lee. Gracias. Okay, George, I guess we'll have to play Alice Blue Gown. I see. Just because you're South American guitar player, senior Lee, 
who can't even speak a word of English, doesn't happen to like April showers, you're not going to play it. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, the April showers is a beautiful number. Oh, when April showers home will come your way. <laughs> they bring flowers to the growing man. George. I George. Home. George. Oh, yeah. George. <laughs> George, yes, is, that, yes. is that April showers? Certainly. No, I don't like it either. <laughs> you don't like it. That's right. <laughs> Boy, I must really be lousy. Well, that's right. <laughs> Okay, Artie, play Alice Blue Gown. Okay, my sweet little Alice Blue Gown. Hey, Senor Lee, wait for your cue. What are you starting so soon for? Hurry up, hurry up. I got a date. <laughs> He's got a date. George, please, this is my problem. All right, boys, ready? One, two, three, four. <laughs> Look, Senor Lee, we're doing a broadcast. It's Monday. We're on the air, and we must be finished before Friday. Do not te metes conmigo porque mi jefe es ese, ¿verdad? Take it easy, take it easy. I can't understand what you're saying. Hmm. Foreigner. <laughs> Foreigner? Look, Artie, I've got a T.O. for you. If you don't get rid of that guy, I'm going to get rid of you. Now you're cooking with gas. <laughs> Senior Lee, I've had about enough out of you. I'm the boss of this program, and I expect to be on this show for many years. Si caes a todos como me caes a mí con esos chistes malos, yo creo que no va a estar por tantos años. What, uh... What did he say? Don't send out your laundry. All right, Artie. Alice moves on.
Say, Gracie, uh, can I borrow you for a moment? Will you pay me back? <laughs> yes. First, I want to tell you what every woman should know. Now, uh, you and I have a date, Gracie. Where are we going? Follow me. Now, here we are, standing in your nearest food store. Oh, it certainly was near. Now, do you see those, those cans of Spam on the shelf? Yes. Well, take one and look at the sentence on the label. Uh, pork shoulder meat with ham meat added. Mm -hmm. Now, there is the secret of Spam's goodness and quality. Spam is not only a pure pork product, but is a perfect blend of the choicest cuts. Pork shoulder, the juiciest, sweetest meat, combined with ham meat, well known for tenderness and flavor. Hormel is proud to tell you right on the label of the Spam can exactly what Spam is made of. Now, when you take home a can of Spam, you give your family delicious, tender meat everyone will say is swell. Try one new way to serve Spam this week. Use the easy recipes you'll find on the label. You'll discover you can fry Spam for breakfast, serve it cold for lunch just as it comes from the can, or bake Spam whole for dinner. I get it supply tomorrow. Ask your food dealer for S-P-A-M, Spam. Well, I'll do it. Slice it, dice it, fry it, bake it, cold or hot, Spam hits the spot. Nicely done. Artie, I really loved Alice Plougaon. But the thing I, I, I enjoy most is when you pick up that clarinet. You're really swinging. You're, you, you're just jiving at it. Yeah, that's sure. When he swings it, he's right in the grave. <laughs> in the grave? Senor Lee, you mean in the groove? Yeah, senor. In the, in the grave means I'm dead, buried, finished. That's right. <laughs> a million guitar players of the union, and I had to wind up with this one. George. What is it? Come here. Oh, secret. Yes. Yeah, I found out plenty about that Senor Lee. I had dinner with a certain party last night, and all he spoke about was Senor Lee. Well, who did you have dinner with? Senor Lee. <laughs> you had dinner with Senor Lee? Mm, that's right. Mm, stop with that. That's right. I don't want to hear any more. That's right. I've had enough of that's right. That's right. Oh, quiet, quiet. And George. What is it? I heard that every day Artie Shaw goes down to the drugstore and drinks the malted milk through his clarinet. The malted milk through his clarinet? Uh -huh. How did that leak out? Through the hole. <laughs> well, that's the last straw. Four years and a half. Quiet. Well, Gracie, look who's here. Well, don't tell me it's my grandpa. Well, I ain't a bag of flour, but I've been through the mill. Yahoo! <laughs> Pick me up, Grace. <laughs> well, he practically fainted. How do you revive him? Well, just fan him. Fan him with what? With Dorothy Lamour. Yahoo! <laughs> Pick me up, Grace. Dorothy Lamour? Yeah, I was out with Dorothy Lamour, and she kissed me. She kissed you? Oh, yes, George. And they were very happy, the four of them. The four of them? Yes, Dorothy, Grandpa, and the two men who held them up. <laughs> yeah, sticks and stones may break my bones, but she's just the one that can do it. Yeah! Yo, Ma, hold your hat, boys. There he goes again. <laughs> Pick me up, Grace. Come on, Grandpa. Get up on your feet and stay there. Mr. Burns. Now what's the sound, man. What do you want? An old man. Ninety-two years old. Does nothing all day long but run around with Dorothy Lemoore. So what? This is what I do for a living. 
sound man, this may surprise you, but you're not the only one on this program with a brain. Oh, thanks, George. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, Grandpa, I want you to meet the cat. Now, this is Bud Heaston, our announcer. Well, hello, Grandpa. Well, hello, buddy boy. I'm an announcer, too. Uh, an announcer? Yeah, an announcer to a maiden's prayer. Ain't that a killer? <laughs> Gracie, what does this grandpa of yours want? Well, he'd like to be 65 and then 21 and then 65 and then 21 then and then 65, 65 and then, then 21. 21. Well, yes. what is that for? Well, he wants to be old enough to get Social Security and young enough to enjoy it. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's nice work if you can get it. Oh, well, Grandpa, these are the smoothies. These are the smoothies? Well, blow me down. Hello, there. <laughs> Darned if they didn't. Pick me up, Grace. Gracie. Yeah, what is it? I want to ask you something. What happens at home with this young George Alice? Oh, my grandma has a terrific time between him and the furnace. Between your grandpa and the furnace? Yeah, every time she watches one, the other goes out. Well, I've had enough. Oh, Artie, I want you to meet my grandpa. Grandpa? Yeah. Grandpa, where are you? Come here. Be with me in a minute, Grace. So long, kid. So long, honey. <laughs> well, here comes... Uh, love comes to Andy Hardening of the arteries. <laughs> <laughs> Waited for four days. Uh, grandpa, this is Artie Shaw. Hello, Grandpa. Hiya, Corny. <laughs> I'm Corny. That's right. Senior Lee, if you don't stop butting in, I'll have to punch you in the nose. Anybody show their face around here and say that? I kill him. Well, why don't you kill me? You call that a face? <laughs> get out. Get out. This is what I do for a living. Hey, sound man. You see, most of us do things that we don't want to do for a living. Take me, for instance. When I started out, I worked very hard. And after many years, I finally clicked. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was an accident. Mr. Burr. The reason for your success is that you have something that nobody else has got. Really? Where did you get Miss Allen? I've got a TL for you. Grandpa, get away from those drums. Gracie, surprise party or no surprise party? Do we have to keep him here? Oh, George, you'll spoil the whole thing. No, any way that we can quiet this old guy? Well, do what we do at home. Well, what do you do at home? Well, we just give him pictures of glamour stars and bathing beauties, and he sits in a rocking chair and sings. Well, what does he sing? Wishing we'll make it so. Well, certainly picked out a nice number. Hey, Grandpa, give me back my clarinet. Uh, here you are, Artie boy. Wait a minute, Grandpa. Take your teeth. <laughs> Gracie, will you talk to him? Oh, yeah, Grandpa. You're going to need them for the surprise party I'm giving you tonight. You gave away yeah. the whole thing. Oh, uh, well, say, Grace, I can't make it tonight. Kind of got a date with Greta Garbo. Greta Garbo? 92-year-old guy like you has got a date with Greta Garbo? Hello? That's right. Mm. That's right. <laughs> Well, we're 
we're waiting for George and Gracie to return, let me suggest an easy way to give your family a grand summer supper. Serve Spam and salad. Get a can of Spam when you shop tomorrow. Open and slice this tender, delicious meat. A perfect companion for your favorite salad. You'll say it's great, too, because Spam is economical to use. So easy to fix. Surprise your family with Spam and salad tomorrow. Thank you, bud. Well, Gracie... Good night. Oh, uh, good night. Oh, George. Yeah? George, look at the lovely roses Ray Noble just sent me. Ray Noble? Uh-huh. Oh, where are the flowers? Oh, right here in the package of seeds. Good night, all. Listen again next Monday night, same time and station, for another George Burns, Gracie Allen production with Arnie Shaw and his orchestra and the smoothies brought to you by Hormel and Spam. Until then, this is Bud Heaston reminding you to remember that cold or hot, Spam hits the spot. Good night. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Lone Ranger, followed by The Life of Riley. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.